Welcome to the OGV Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Steffi, and we're talking today with Satyam Priyadashi, who's the Chief Data Scientist for Halliburton. Satyam, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Lauren. Good to talk to you. So talk a little bit about your role at Halliburton. I'm fascinated by the kind of emerging role that data is playing in the energy business, and it, it seems to be gaining importance really by the day. So talk a little bit about what, you, what you're doing and kind of the trends that you're seeing in the industry. Yeah, so uh, I joined Halliburton in 2014. Uh, I think Halliburton was forward thinking. You know, we Halliburton's main go- main goal is to collaborate and engineer solutions for our partners around the world, right? Uh, in the um, mm-hmm. in the energy sector, and uh, around 2014, they realized uh, that data is an important asset as well. So they hired me from outside the industry, and uh, last six years has been a great journey in terms of building what is called the industry's first big data and data science center of excellence, uh, which is, uh, if you think of it, is about how do you create value from the data? Because as we all know, oil and gas industry has significant uh, amount of data. If, If we were to really seriously look at it, then we have 100 plus years of worth of data in some shape and form. Uh, in in so many places, but how do we leverage that data? So uh, and then create value because both you could do as I said like two years back. Also, the oil price is not in our control, but the cost to produce is in our control, so to say, right? So if we can leverage that data, then we can uh, we can actually reduce the cost. And with that focus size, what I spent uh, time to build the team from scratch uh, of data scientists. But remember, when I use the word data scientist, it's a combination of data scientists and domain experts and business people because we are in an organization, in a business. We are not a full academic institute, right? And uh, we have created a significant amount of value for our customers uh, around the world in this space. Uh, Some of that is published. Some of them is not published. Uh, But the main goal is to, as I put it, that uh, maximize the value of the data asset that is mature the digital footprint and digital for us is like a very important part it's part of the core business that's really interesting because one of the one of the criticisms i guess i've always heard of the energy business at least in the last you know 10 15 years is they collect a tremendous amount of data they don't really know what to do with it that that's a lot of what you're doing is trying to figure out how to how to leverage that and how to how to bring value from it yeah, so I, I, I think 2014, there was an article uh, in CNBC slash McKinsey article saying oil and gas industry uses only 1% of the data. And they were talking in the context of IoT sensors. But, you know, having spent now six years, I can tell you that's not a, that's not a good measure of uh, how much data is being used. Because think of it, uh, and the term I like to use is what is the time to value from the data? Right. For example, if you are in an operational setting, whatever metrics you are collecting, whether you are collecting is one sensor data, two sensor, 20 sensor data, you somebody is looking at it, processing it and acting on it, so to say. So you got immediate value from it. Right. Uh, but then if you look at seismic, it takes time, maybe one year, two year, three year, depending on what we are doing. Um, and then somebody might say, oh, but and they may be consuming 100 percent. In fact, they are consuming more than 100 percent because. Seismic data starts with small and then it becomes a very nice, uh, huge gigabytes of nice volumes, subsurface volumes. So that's a data in motion created. So this 1% is a 
number or now i think there is a re recent article about 5% but these things are uh, how do you relate right you it is not we are not a internet company or a marketing company we are engineering uh, and science based companies and uh, you are using the data when it's needed but at the same time uh, where the gap lies is this that since we have historical data for last as i said over 100 years in many in some places uh, we mm -hmm. we haven't leverage it properly to learn about the hidden inefficiencies in the process and that's where certainly their gap exists and this is what one of the things that we try to do is to figure out these hidden inefficiencies in the workflows the processes the services uh, and that 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 is what create extensive value right um, i think if you remember i think it was in uk there was an article in guardian when somebody analyzed the fitbit data right and uh, they found that they this was like some uh, some secret location where uh, defense people were running or every day and then it was banned like in that area so you see the value of the data is finding such things right and that could be that is very powerful for any industry that's interesting it sounds like um you know you're looking at a very broad base of, of data use it's not necessarily operational specific it's not necessarily real time it's historical as well um it just seems like there's a there's a treasure trove of information and the the key i guess is is learning how to harvest it effectively is that absolutely so um uh, it, it, you know having been doing this big data big data data science stuff for almost 20 years in multiple industries uh i i i call big data as a paradigm not like a, a large volume it's like about leveraging all the data all means historical data the current data that you are collecting and the future data that you don't know right and the only way you can do that is if you pipeline this data right from historical data you can learn current data you apply and you re, uh, build eventually predictive and prescriptive engines for the future as well right and and that that pipeline has to be built but most of the learnings comes from historical data all right because you know what what things you have broken there and how you can read like for example um uh, the cl classic case study that we published is on what is in drilling process called non productive time and uh, and if you look those drilling reports are just a document one would mm -hmm. read and then forget because drilling is over but if you actually mine that you can learn a lot from it and so we published this article i think 2 3 years back uh, in world oil magazine and you know 2% of npt is significant amount of money for this company and this is only mining what i call unstructured data interesting and now if you, once you have learned from it now you can build how to apply so for example if a document comes today you can actually process it based on the algorithm and then hmm. you can ready for whatever the next version of the document could be that's why i say historical data current data and the future data okay okay what in in the current environment uh, a lot of budgets are being cut you know across the industry what are you seeing in terms of the impact of data you know in, in terms of is is this a good time uh, to be leveraging data or is more investment needed and is that coming under under pressure from you know from some of these cutbacks Yeah, so uh, you know, as I said, you know, I started in twenty fourteen, and then we we had a downturn in the industry, right? <laughs> so, so this is a second second downturn, 
in in less than uh, eight nine years. And uh, but you see, investment is relative to the value you are trying trying to generate. So if um, in the 2014 we started building this and it took us some time, and then we built a team which is global right now, like teams in India and US and uh, other places, and we have created significant value. So the way to think about is not in terms of return on investment but it is a return on innovation because what you will do what you will do now will actually give you benefits for many more years right so um, the budgeting and cutbacks people have to think carefully where, where you want to do main thing is the, if the cost has to be reduced that is that cost is sitting in your data. If you analyze, like okay. take example of supply chain, for example, right? A lot of information you can find there. Uh, drilling, I just gave you some very small example of it. Uh, any workflow, like um, if, uh, for example, transportation, uh, especially for mm -hmm. companies where they have uh, hundreds and thousands of these vehicles or whatever, uh, there is a they, they, they can learn from it and remember when you do analyze your historical data it's not as expensive as you're trying to build an r d project because the data is sitting there you are already spending money on it this is your you capital have it. Yeah, this yeah. Is a significant capital waste actually if you're not using it so leverage yeah. that capital waste and the data waste as i call it right because if you don't fix that now, then you're already wasting your time. Gotcha. So what are some, you know, if we look into the future, if companies become more effective at, at leveraging this data, what are some of the, what are some of the long-term benefits that could come out of this? I think, uh, see, all, all the energy sector, whether it's oil and gas or other sectors, what is it? The main metrics that we are looking at cost to produce energy at the lowest cost, correct? Irrespective of which industry we talk about, and certainly in you know, oil and gas, that is one reason, right? Efficiency and high security, whatever HSE basically score, right? Safety is very very important. So in, in long term, uh, oil and gas industry has talked about two concepts for almost twenty five to thirty years. One is called the digital oil fields. Mm -hmm. right. Now, one was called integrated reservoir management, right? Yeah. Now, those two are, yeah. I would say they are, they are like not really existent in full form yet. So it's been 25 years. There were reasons like because the technology didn't exist, like the technology, scalable technology didn't exist. But if you look at some data native companies which are using uh, petabytes of data in sort of real time, uh, we could actually learn from it and deploy similar kind of solutions. Then you can actually build a truly digital oil field, right? As I think there was a, some study. I don't remember the reference right now, but uh, they were saying that we keep talking about Internet of Things, but only actually ten percent of those things are really connected, so they're not really Internet of Things. Mm -hmm. Right. So imagine if a hundred percent was connected, then that data will be has to be processed, and that is means you build a lot of automation, right? And significant automation means uh, high, low cost, uh, 
high safety, uh, high health safety environment, HSE nice score, uh, high scores, right? And uh, profit mm-hmm. margins for the companies uh, in, in in the process, and uh, and of course the other important aspect that I think uh, why is it important? I think we're not talking about is the talent pool, right? Uh, you and me. Yeah. We're going to retire pretty soon, right? Um, in some sense, and uh, but the, you look at the young generation. How do they work? Yeah. Right. And um, yeah. And and if we are, if we are not uh, adopting those new technologies, then how do you attract a workforce? Whatever the percentage may be, big or small. But as we all know. and I, i give my talk uh, on industry 4.0 sometimes i say no industrial revolution has reduced the total number of jobs it's actually been increased always different kind of jobs come and so even if like i give an example if we if we take any example whether it's ro- uh, robotic uh, processes or robotic uh, use of robots somebody has to build those robots somebody has to maintain robots mm-hmm. right the day we, they the day may come maybe in three generation from now or two generations when robots can make robots by themselves and and do everything but look, currently if we look at next 20 30 years uh these these have to be the, so you need people to actually uh, maintain them deploy them take them to the field uh, process them so those jobs have to exist somebody has to make those chips right and so new kind of jobs are needed uh, in the process and If we look at oil and gas, there is a lot of these things that will come up. That's that's an interesting point um, because I, I've I've heard this um, from from other folks as well that you know part of what attracts young people to an industry is that they want to feel that it's cutting edge, that it's you know using the latest technology and and that kind of thing. And and the oil industry has not historically always. filled that role. I mean, maybe an engineering if you're a petroleum engineer or something, but the idea that that, you know, oil companies are technology companies is really something that's just kind of emerging, but that does provide a magnet for the next generation of workers, I guess is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, 80s, I think 80s was a time when oil oil and gas industry really invested in the latest technology, especially uh when uh the silicon graphics there was a company called silicon graphics they came up with one of the best uh, visualization of large scale data and high performance computing and uh, oil and gas industry really invested in it immediately so to say they were the first i think first one because i used to be part of hpc uh, uh, in supercomputing area for uh, scientific reasons and that time people were saying who will use it and then oil and gas industry went and did it but then i think after that big peak of investment in and latest technology one time they kind of slowed down and now they are like laggard in many senses uh, but i think there is a lot of lot of room uh, in that space to do um one of the examples i give is how uh, if anybody can tell me how effective is the search engine technologies uh, used in oil and gas industry the technology is very uh, mature we all live out of it but when it comes mm-hmm. to oil and gas industry what is how useful is it okay and what's right? your answer <laughs> it's it's not implemented right like look at go go to any company you things are giving what if you go to any corporate uh, 
most of corporations which are not data native corporations as i call them go to their search functionality you can maybe search with the web pages that are in the website so to say mm-hmm. but can you go to any of the corporate search engine you can you can type a mo- model of the truck that you have been using for last 20 years and if you type that model number and its number plate and say give me the history of this truck would you even find the purchase order would you find its repair report did you would you find its deployment deployment history i'm guessing not so i've never actually like, done that no but 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 m- most places you won't but this is one yeah. technology that is so mature right could be mm-hmm. actually based on what is called enterprise data so you reduce the cost the workflow will reduce like if i have to if i have to find out i have to call you and saying oh do you know what happened to this in last deployment then you will tell me and then i'll go then you will say no no go and talk to uh, ben and then go to talk to kenny and things like that but that's not the way uh, when you can just type and you can get all the history then you can go and do precise uh, question that oh i need to do this so that's what yeah, we call inference yeah. engine there's no inference engine there's no p- prescriptive engine we have deployed yet effectively interesting so there's a there's a lot of work to be done is what you're absolutely. saying <laughs> absolutely and 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 the reason is that the technology um uh, stack as i call it uh, has become very mature and scalable and you know with mm-hmm. that even haliburton we deployed the first open access cloud platform called openearth.community with the same intention that uh, time to value from the data should be uh, reduced significantly and it has certainly uh, become an important co- uh, component in the industry but it's bringing the platform thinking to it um, and uh, certainly applications that were being used from a data and information management they are they have come on the cloud for us and 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 so digital maturity is increasing in the last i would say uh for four years certainly it has increased in the industry and because i i remember comment in 2014 15 people said who wants to talk to data scientist and who will nobody wants to do this and i can tell you mm-hmm. in 2019 people will say can you help us uh, how how do we move forward So certainly industry has changed and i think this is the perfect time to accelerate as i call the accelerate the pace of adoption so let let's assume that that we do that and and that the industry moves forward at a faster pace with regards to data use when i you know put on your put on your uh, predictor's hat here and you know look 20 years in the future what what are operations going to look like in in the industry if they leverage all this stuff effectively I think already work is work is going on in many areas like uh, applications of um, uh, say automated drilling right we have we have like a, a dwp as a product and right uh, which pe- pe- we are do, we are talking about uh, and um, if you look at it uh, one of the things we like to see is that uh, that a geophysicist could become like a pilot right the computer you take the input data you got all the all the surfaces and it can do all the all the analysis and then it says yeah here is the sweet spot and then you and me who are the experts or we or the geophysicists who are experts they can say okay these are the three options where should i go so human cognition is very important but mm-hmm. 
but the time to reach to that point the decision making process could be significantly reduced right if you look at the pilot uh, pilot sit there they are typically there for only take uh, like emergency and uh, uh, once in a while for a training that they don't forget how to fly a plane um, but the plane flies by itself right so yeah and that you know the the planes generate petabytes of data in a day so if they can do it uh, So wondering um, what impact this may have on on making. You know, we've talked a lot about how this can make energy production more efficient, but I'm wondering from an environmental standpoint if it can also make it cleaner or or at least you know it seems like a lot of the data we can collect can also help identify uh, you know pipeline leaks or or other areas where perhaps there's environmental you know impact that could be addressed more quickly or more effectively. That kind of thing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think we um, we are not doing we, like certainly that is a focus for every company. But there are company there are people who are actually trying to detect uh, pipeline leaks using drone technology, right? And it it is significantly help them, right? Um, uh, then people have been developing sensor technology that could stick on the pipe and look at the. Uh, vibrational and so they can do vibrational analysis of the uh, from the sensor and that can tell you what the flow rate is things like that right so there are a lot of such technologies exist because one is the miniaturization of the technology that has taken place and and, and the ability to connect data of whatever kind it is right so certainly everything helps in this process of uh, as i said keeping the hse score high right uh, because uh if the leak is detected even before it's happening like then you have already saved a lot of it in the in that context right so i think certainly there is value because one is the hardware technology you can call it one is the actual uh, mining technology in, in the data mining technology that is there and then the and the actionable because you can do everything on a mobile so to say in principle so you have like insights anywhere basically that's it. and that's very important. Okay. Great. All right, um anything else we haven't covered, we haven't touched on that that we should be talking about here? It's a long topic we can talk for <laughs> so many <laughs> so many aspects of it, right? We can maybe later on someday we can talk about how do we play in energy transition landscape. Okay. That sounds like a topic for another podcast. So, Absolutely. Uh, I'd love to. All right. <laughs> well, Sajim, thanks so much for uh, talking with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Hope to talk to you soon. For OGV, I'm Lauren Steffi. Thanks for listening.